Yeah. Welcome everybody to episode 12 of Voice of the International Community Experience. Yeah. Today in the house is just the two of us. Just the two of us. Hey, 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 Just the two of us. Mm, you and I. Uh, you and we'll I. Welcome everyone. We're discussing leadership and responsibility today. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Just leadership. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I put responsibility in it just to get at Gomez because he he calls it the R word. Wants nothing to do with responsibility at all. Zero. <laughs> but it's that's a swear okay. Word. It's a swear we'll word. get to. We'll unpack that, as the experts say. Let's unpack that. Let's unpack. But we, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. But leadership, uh, I guess, from where I'm looking at it, is uh, from the perspective of employer to employee. Manager to manage. Manage. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And, uh, you know, community leadership, all kinds. So uh, we'll, we'll try and talk about everything that we can. Now, obviously, from the conversations we've had, yeah. uh, Gomet, can you introduce yourself first? My name will. <laughs> <laughs> My- my name is Gomez and I'm from Zen. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly, I've been waiting for I'm that. I'm from Zen. Yeah, I've been waiting for that. But, uh, yeah. I was thinking about leadership and I was thinking about employer-employee relationship. Mm. It's a pretty obvious one, right? Yeah. But then I started thinking, well, hang on. Maybe there's other elements to leadership. So That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Husband, wife, who's the leader yeah, in the leadership house? Leadership in the in the house. Mm. I think we'll come and we'll parenting. Talk about parenting. Mm. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Leadership in the bedroom. Oi! <laughs> Back to <laughs> yeah. the uh, relation. Oh yeah, but you where, know where, where, where it all began. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where it all started from. But look, it it's um, it's a very interesting topic, and I think well, why I added responsibility to it mm. is. Because both have a responsibility to play, whether it's a leader or an employee, mm-hmm. a leader or follower. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got their responsibilities that they have to to kind of put forward or have to, execute. Have to, have to. That's what a responsibility is. Yeah, that's why I hate it. <laughs> a responsibility <laughs> is something you have to do. Damn. Yeah. So, but it's good. I mean, you know, set it off. Let's uh, let's have this conversation because I know when we spoke about it, you were, you you were really on about yeah. this employer, employee, and one or two reasons why you might have been sacked previously. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, I'm yeah, just yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe let's start with a definition, a working definition. So mm. talk a bit about that, and then maybe talk a bit about our personal experiences, both as leaders in whatever capacity but also as people that are sitting under some kind of leadership and what what that was like so Mm. probably from a definition perspective my my view of leadership is anyone that's got a power a kind of influential position Mm. in bringing out uh the best in other people for toward a particular outcome or goal yeah something 
that. But the critical part around that definition for me is about bringing out the best in other people. Okay. Yeah. Of course. What? So that that would be my definition. What? What's I yours? mean, that's a working definition that I can work with. Okay. All yeah. right. So no no debates on that working definition. No. Okay. No, that one is okay. is it's clear for me. You like it? Hey. I like it. Nice. I, nice. I think nice. it's clear for me because it's something that I look. You know, my my first leader was my father. Mm. So, what definition you just put forward? Mm. Working to get the best out of mm. people. Yeah, that was his role. Yeah, whether I knew it or I didn't know it, the information he was giving me yeah. was so it could get the best out of me. Yeah, for my own personal success, mm-hmm. but also for my contribution to the family. And that was his circle. Yeah. So So I guess it, the interesting question then becomes uh, around whether the end goal of mm-hmm. that is you mm-hmm. or whether there's kind of like this circumnavigation where it comes back to me as a leader in terms of how it reflects on me as the person that's brought out the best in you. Oh, it's, it's both. You I mean, know what I'm saying? I don't think it's... it's um, it's not a one-way street. Not mutually exclusive. And they're not mutually exclusive, yeah. right? So if you perform well, I remember mm-hmm. every time we did something well, my dad would be like, that's my son. Right. Every time we did something wrong, that's my dad son. would be to my mom, <laughs> your yeah. son has done this, right? So it, it's, yeah. 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 the reflection is there, but that's, that's what it is. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it's not mutually exclusive. It's, mm. it's even in a workplace. Yeah. If you perform great Mm -hmm. the results actually are yours but also your bosses because he looks at he's being looked at as a great manager that can bring all of that out this is why managers have a sore point if you don't perform Mm. because it reflects badly on them correct right correct so it's like we say not mutually exclusive and in that particular instance, everybody's got a responsibility. So you've got a responsibility if you're an employee to do the things that you've been tasked to do in a timely manner and deliver the results you're supposed to deliver. Mm-hmm. Your manager has to help you get to that level by giving you enough rope for you to work with on that particular task. Everything you need for you as an individual to get there you must be provided. Mm. So, interesting point, because mm. I, I, I kind of that's a good segue into thinking about whose responsibility is non-performance in that context. It's, it starts from the employee. Okay. Because as an employee, mm-hmm. you have to have your, your desire to do great in that particular role. So only it's not your responsibility if you did everything you could mm. with the information you were given and it didn't meet didn't materialize. Yeah, it yeah. It, it didn't meet the expectations or it didn't materialize. Uh-huh. Then okay, you can say, well, I had everything I had to work with. This is what I was given, this is what I did. It wasn't what they asked for, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But if you were given everything and you didn't get to that level, I think I don't think any manager wants to micromanage. Yep. I don't oh. think any anybody wants to spoon feed. I don't think 
some people just naturally do that. I think people naturally do that because they have a fear mm. of mm. of their position. Uh-huh. Right? So it becomes their issue. Like, mm-hmm. oh, if, if you don't do this, I'm going to be looked at. Yeah. So they're, they're yeah. already thinking I'm not good enough for this position. Uh-huh. Now, I need to make sure you do what you do mm-hmm. so that I can seem worthy to my superiors. Mm-hmm. And then they're all over you trying to trying to get you to do stuff which is counterproductive in my in my eyes unless you're in zambia okay see my thinking is that any kind of and this might be you know just to play devil's advocate for a bit here see Mm. my thinking is that any kind of unproductivity Mm. is a leader's issue not the employee's issue and i'll tell you why so i think part of that is the fact that the employee I'm assuming is employed by the leader. A group of people, obviously, but, but he's sure. identified that person as somebody yes. that can do a particular task. Yeah. Can, you know, so I think if you've identified someone as someone that can produce an outcome within the context of a work situation mm-hmm. and they don't, mm-hmm. that reflects somehow on your ability to pick the right person for that task in the first place. Yeah. Secondly, I think it also speaks to the fact that I think before you get to an outcome, surely there's a process of understanding are we on track to meet this outcome rather than this waterfall approach which goes, here's what I want you to do and then come back to me in five days and if you haven't done it, then we're having a conversation about your inability to achieve that. Yeah. As opposed to on an ongoing basis, checking in and saying, do you have everything? Do you understand the task? And <laughs> I, 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 I know oh, what you're saying. <laughs> that sounds crazy. Right? That sounds like high school. It, it does. And, and, and when you get to uni, even that doesn't happen at uni. Why not? What do you mean, why not? Because you're supposed to take responsibility as an adult for the outcome. The the outcome is yours. As a a leader or as an employee? As an employee. Oh, okay. Right? Because do you not want some advancement in your your career? Do you not want to to show people that you can do this stuff and that, that is the motivation? Are you not grateful you were given the opportunity and you want to seize it with everything? You just want to get there and then everybody... Now caters to you. I, you know, when you come in, they give you a cup of coffee and they make you some muffins and they say, do you have everything you need for the day? Okay. Many, You know, you need a massage? Yes. Yeah, okay, Absolutely. great. Let's, let's, let's make sure. I mean, that's king stuff, but... No, yeah. I think what I'm saying is I think it becomes a relational dynamic thing. So the outcomes are based on the quality of the relationship you have with your manager. And I think when you've got a good relationship, the manager knows, for example, two days in, you may understand the task, something may be happening in the home setting that's affecting your ability to deliver. Mm-hmm. I imagine the manager should be able to be across that. Yeah, but you have to out. have you have to be responsible enough to have a conversation with him and, and move deadlines if that's necessary. I'm suggesting the lead needs to be able to pick that up. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's being a mind reader. I I, I don't it's agree not, with it's that. It's not being a mind reader. It's being a good leader. Someone someone who has the capacity to understand your employees, have a relationship with your employees that goes. I can see that we're off track here. 
what's going on because I know that I employed a guy that can do this. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're not doing it is not reflective of their desire, but something else must be happening. And then having that conversation around what is going on, how can we work together okay. to achieve this? So let me put it this way, though. Yeah. That may be in a small organization. No. But if, if there's no. a... If, Why does size matter? If, if. To use a uh, size. relation of fun. Size matters all the time because <laughs> this, the, the reason why is because, you know, the motion of the ocean in oh. this particular instance. Oh, hello. Okay. Is if, if, you, if you got 20 employees and you've got to do that for all 20, you wouldn't have time to do anything else but. Now, everybody has a task to complete or you have multiple tasks to complete can i just suggest with deadlines if, if you have 20 employees under you you're a bad leader wait now let's just go here we go mm-hmm. everybody's got tasks mm-hmm. everybody's got deadlines yep and in between mm-hmm. conversations need to be had yep you need to be able to Extend deadlines if you need to extend deadlines. Mm -hmm. Communicate with the stakeholders that are involved with whatever it is that you're doing actively Mm -hmm. and perform the tasks that you are given Mm -hmm. to the highest standard possible. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, I understand that things happen Mm -hmm. within that midst. But, and I can pick it up if I'm a leader and I'm, I'm looking at somebody who doesn't seem like they're happy anymore or something is happening. Or that person can say to me, "Ah, do you mind if we have a conversation about something? Okay, sure. Now, from where I'm standing, a leader makes the time, shows empathy in those particular situations. Mm, E-word. Yeah. Yeah, And then provides an environment or the platform for this person Feel to, comfortable to feel enough. comfortable enough yep. to, or to, to, to resolve any issues that are going there are within his control to allow the, the employee the opportunity to complete the task. Yep. Now, that's where we move deadlines. Um, you know, you, you reduce workloads. You do all of the stuff. But it, the, the communication must come from the person that's doing it. Now... I know that a lot of people will try and bottle it in and not not because we did this at uni, right? Excuse me. Have some, we, have some water, man. No, no, no. I was burping. Oh, now, <laughs> now the the thing about the whole thing is we did this at uni. Yeah, like you're given six weeks to complete a task. Don't start doing it until the last week, and then on the last day is when you're mad rush trying to get it done, and the whole time your lecturer was saying to you, if you've got an issue, just come and see me and we'll talk about it. I can direct you and show you mm-hmm. where you're going wrong or if you're on track. But your lecturer can't email you and ask you if everything's okay or come to your house and check on you. You've got to make an appointment with the lecturer and say, yo, can you have a look at this? I need to talk to you because can you have a look at where I am and whether I'm going on the right track? He'll make the time. Now, I'd say if he's a bad leader, if he doesn't make the time, and if you identify a problem, he doesn't help you resolve it, then he's a bad leader. But so, the responsibility of communicating what you're going through yeah. is yours. 
So I think that's and I think that's a really good example because you have, for example, in the uni context, you have mm. international students. Yeah. Um, international students that may come from cultures that work very differently in terms of time management and all these kinds of things. So as a good lecturer mm. and a good leader in that context, mm. um, wouldn't some of that be about trying to understand the different nuances within the different cultural groups and understanding what that looks like from a deadline perspective as opposed to this blanket approach that assumes that everyone works in the same same kind of way from a deadline yeah, perspective. Yeah, of course. But, but then also, there's stuff happening outside the context of what's happening in uni. There's stuff that could be happening back home. Yes. Um, all these different factors that, as local students, you may not necessarily have to, you know, deal with. It's still, you have to learn the, commun- the, the, the communication that you need to execute in the new environment you're in. It's not easy. Sure. But the lecturers, I'm a marketing lecturer. Mm-hmm. I'm not a cultural expert. So, But don't you have to be, as a good lecturer, don't you have to be cognizant of no. the different types of people? Of course, I have to be cognizant. And then I have to deliver the message to the individuals mm. to please come and see me if you need to. Everything what is if, open. What if that's not cult- part of your culture? Exactly, Mundo. Mm. Now we're going into culture. Mm. Now that is a, a a great segue into whether Australia is multicultural or not. Yes, because of right? course we want to contextualize it within <laughs> the multicultural <laughs> exactly context. So yeah. It is not multicultural, and I say this multiple times simply because on every social or workplace aspect of Australia. They will let you into the country if you're from wherever you're you're from. But in order to thrive socially, you have to behave Australian. In order to thrive in a workplace, you have to behave Australian. In order to get the job, you have to behave Australian. There is no part where you can come from Zambia and then give them a CV that you made in Zambia and they will look at it and give you an opportunity. And then you go in there and they start their interview format and you say, that's not how we do it in Zambia. Can we do it like this, please? And they'll be accommodating. And then when you come in, you bring your employee or employer or managerial style that you used in Zambia into an Australian context where it will work. It won't. So the multicultural part is just letting you into the country. Or letting you, because I, I feel like when I joined a certain company, and I'll try and I'll try my best to uh, leave the company names out of it. But yeah, I joined, sure. I the joined RSC. A, I joined. Oh, a right. <laughs> you didn't say it. I did. No, 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 that's that's not it. RSC was an amazing company. Yeah, but yeah. Um, when I joined, I I got the sense that there was a a slow movement towards diversity. Mm. And I think a lot of companies were adopting this diversity idea, which, by the way, diversity is not... It's a tick box uh, exercise. Yeah, it's not an old wooden ship, no. like uh, Ronnie Burgundy suggests. Yeah. But the idea of diversity was let's get some different cultural employees in here mm-hmm. to check that tick box that That's says, it. Yeah. we've got a black guy working for us, so tick. Yeah. Or we've got an Aboriginal 
indigenous mm-hmm. person working for us. Tick, we've got someone with a disability. Tick, yep. tick. So I, I guess I was the tick from a black guy perspective. Yeah. I mean, great, great choice on their part to get me in there because that's a bloody good tick. But still, it felt like a tick. But what I'm hearing you saying mm. is there was not an opportunity for me to then come in and say, well, here's my Zambianness, and how do we <laughs> no. incorporate this into your organization? There is never that opportunity. Okay, I created that opportunity. You can create it. I did. But they're not, a fo- they're not going to do it for you. They did. How? So we spoke in one of the episodes, early episodes, about my lateness, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing we had to agree was that basically we had to shift my start time, I kid you not, to accommodate my cultural kind of ways about it. Another th- another thing that used to happen a lot was, and this is not cultural, this is probably more my But you know, culturally, that's not even good. So I, I'm not I don't saying it is. I'm no, saying I used culture <laughs> yeah. as a reason. No. Yeah, I and think, they were accommodating. Yeah, but because they... At that point, if they don't, once you mention it to your culture, it's discrimination. So they exactly. had no they had no choice. Can you but see how, was, how <laughs> picking me was probably a good thing? It was it was the wrong idea for them, right? <laughs> they didn't so know what they them. were getting. Right? For you it was great. Great. For them, absolutely I not. I just said, look, so I'll, I'll, resp- I'll be here before nine o'clock. And that was it. As yeah. long as I'm here before nine o'clock, I'm on time. Now, let me tell you something about <laughs> what I know of Australia. Yeah. Is that they'll accommodate it because mm-hmm. it's a tick box exercise for them and they don't want to be caught for discriminating. Right? I think they accommodate But they won't they like liked, it. They liked me. Yeah, but they won't like what you're doing. Sure. And it, then it didn't, it didn't work because then they had to adjust all the schedule. Exactly. And all this stuff. So, so yeah. then, once, you know, they'll do it for you. Mm. But then. To show that they're accommodating. Yeah. But then after that, mm-hmm. it's a domino effect. Mm-hmm. They will they will not like it. Then <laughs> then something else will happen. And then eventually they won't like you. Yeah. And eventually you'll lose your job. Sure. Which is the domino effect of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't... That's why I say they are not accommodating. Because if, if it happened that they can adjust everything and then you flourish and, you know, eventually you become the CEO or you get, you get into management and you do that. Mm-hmm. But they will look at you from that point on in a negative manner because you don't behave like they behave. Mm-hmm. And that becomes a bad thing. This is why I say it's not, the, the country is not designed for multiculturalism because it's an individualistic society. Everybody looks at it from a perspective of how it affects them. So what does good leadership look like in that context? Because what I'm suggesting is that if, if there is good leadership, they should be accommodating. They should be understanding of my cultural differences and therefore see that as an opportunity for them to grow, for, for them to kind of flex the it's, cultural It's okay as long as that is a positive thing. If it's not positive, there's, lateness is not positive in, in any culture at any time. It's not. Well, so, a good leader would not see it as the lightness. They'd be trying to understand what's behind it. Rather than focusing on the symptom, it would be a question of, let's, let's understand what this is about. I can tell you when something. Are you, when are you most productive? No, but I can tell you something. Is that 
if you were the most productive person in the company, mm. they wouldn't care what time you came in which, or whether you turned up I at was, work. I was absolutely brilliant, which is why I was saying they liked me. Yeah. But then obviously something went wrong at some point. Why is that obvious? Because you're not working there anymore. <laughs> okay, that was a choice to move career. So I moved from I moved from an IT environment and mm-hmm. I wanted to go into counseling and psychology. Yes. So for me it was a it was a career change opportunity, which they facilitated and they were great in helping with that transition. Okay. So there was not any bad blood or anything okay. so it w- went wrong. This this is what I'm saying. So in, in in an event where productivity is affected, if uh-huh. if then it becomes a, a, a big problem. Sure. If you are productive, they don't care where you are, what you're doing, as long as the results are there and people love you at work, but you're in, out, doing this, talking, doing whatever you need to do, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. But ultimately, each company pays you for the value you bring to them they're let's, not let's it's not it's that. not a personal scenario let's, where they let's they, talk about that what they is, like what is the value that employees bring they bring so basically a company has objectives that they need to meet yep. and then it trickles down to the job description of each individual that comes there and everyone has a part to play for the company to meet the objective so if you as an individual, then they put a dollar figure on how, you know, how much they're willing to pay for that individual to help them meet the objective. Sure. So if that is the value you bring. So if you meet and exceed, you're more valuable. If you barely meet, you're less valuable. If you don't meet at all, you're sacked, which is exactly what happens, right? Now... There's those things that meet the objective. Then there's things within an env- within a workplace that have to do with relationships with other people. Oh, ooh, yeah. Now you're speaking my language. Yeah, ooh. it's it's relational, right? Preach. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 then following that is how do you quantify that? So you, your personal. A, huh? So you're able to put value, like you said, on the tasks in terms of tasks tasks that are linked to the company objectives. Mm-hmm. How do you quantify or put a value on the relational side of things? It, because, for it example, is, for example, it is an if, added extra. For right? example, if I am not necessarily meeting, maybe I'm just meeting my objectives from a task perspective, mm-hmm. but I'm great at bringing the team together from a social perspective. I'm great mm-hmm. at bringing. I, I could be the glue that kind of gets the team together because I'm okay. you, I rock up to work. People may be upset. I make them feel it, better it, about themselves, and then that increases their productivity. Yes, it depends on the the culture of the organization. Right, each company is different; has a different mm-hmm. organizational culture. Mm-hmm. So, Google, for instance, they revolutionized everything by pull tables at work and bean bags and all of this stuff. Right? Yeah, 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 all the, that good stuff, right? Yeah. Increased productivity, everybody's caring, they do a lot of work. There's some companies where they rule by executive fear. All of that stuff doesn't really matter, right? You can't go into, there's a lot of companies. So shit leadership content. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's the effective leadership for the culture that you work in. You Who know, creates leadership, the culture? Well, it's a, it's a country culture, right? So leadership in Korea, 
leadership in Africa. Let's just talk about Australia. Yeah, but I'm 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 setting the scene, mm. right? It's all executive fear. Yeah. Right? When you come over here, so you're scared of your boss. Yes. Yeah. When you come over here, it's touchy feely relationship stuff. You got to talk about your dog. You got to talk about what happened last night at home with uh, the executives. With your boss. Right? Okay. okay. So if if you haven't been doing that, it, it presents as I don't a have a boss. <laughs> no, but you, when you're working in, <laughs> yeah, in, in, yeah, in, yeah. in, a, in a company, yeah. you've got to do those things. You know, and that's, those are the things. So it, and each company varies in what degree they, they value relations and relationships amongst the... Relations. <laughs> I don't know why I said relations. Ooh, are we going back to Christian? Yeah. Like <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, but, um, you know, I, and that's the thing. So, it's it, it, it's dependent on the company, but majority of what they're hiring you for, the reason they give you a job is whether you'll fit into the team or not. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an active factor, and then they pick you for execution of tasks, ability to be managed, ability to to turn up on time. <laughs> You know, if you look organized. Your, your time. Yeah. Okay, so the their think, time, not, not my time. We're speaking very kind of high level. Let's land it a bit. Let's speak okay. more about our personal experiences. So from mm-hmm. your perspective, what is your experience of a good leader and what made them mm. a good leader? I will name this guy. Please do. Because right? I'm going to name some. Yeah. So some my, dudes too. the best manager I've ever had mm. was a guy called Mishek Shekedi from Botswana. Uh-huh. He is now the CEO of Botswana Oil. Mm-hmm. And he was my boss when I moved to uh, Zambian Breweries, SAB mm-hmm. Miller in, in Zambia. Yeah. What was it about him? The guy was so knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Okay. He understood exactly what style of management he needed to have. Mm-hmm. And he gave me the keys to do what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And where I was short, he filled in and helped me get to the task that I needed to do. So, so lots of filling in from, huh? from, from his perspective. Oh, yeah. Look, I'd never worked in Africa before. <laughs> so for <joking>. me, <laughs> no, but it's true. I'm, this is, I'm, I'm talking about his good points and my short points. Because I'd only worked in Australia. I'd right. never worked in, in, in Africa before. Right. I'd been there. I grew up there. I did everything that I needed to do. But I'd never worked there. Working's different. Yeah. 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 So I understood the social culture very well. So I wasn't ready Zambian for the... No, he's Botswana. from Botswana. Okay, so right. he went to school in America. Mm-hmm. And then he learned everything he needed to learn. He was only a few years older than me. But he was probably the smartest person besides my brother that I've met. Right. He's next level. Yeah. So what did that look like in terms of that imparting of knowledge, being able to fill your kind of gaps? What did it look like? Yeah. Well, first of all, he trusted me with, with tasks. Mm-hmm. And then it was really up to me to say to him that... Oh, I'm struggling here. And immediately I'd say, I'm struggling. He would say, oh, come and see me. We'll go in there. And he would fix it. Now, for me, coming from Australia and thinking, 
I'm going to show these people back there how things are done because I've worked in the government, I've worked in these multinational corporations, so I'm fully versed on what's going on. And then struggling with something, and then he comes along and just like, yeah, yeah, now you just do that, 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 that. I was looking at this guy like, man, because he had me with the procurement, he had a materials planner, he had a production planner, he had everybody else, and he knew everyone's job. Right. Right? Knew it as in he could do your job. He could do my job. Right. He could do the materials planner's job. He could do the production planner's job. because, And it was evident in meetings when he would look at what you've done and then just be like, yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> that looks okay. But then, okay, just change that, put that there, put that there, put that there, and then it all works great, right? Mm-hmm. So he, how do you learn from that? And I learned work ethic from him too because he, told, he taught me and he, we had many a discussion, right? And he said to me, look, there was many times I was at work and because I needed to complete what I needed to complete, my wife brought me a new set of clothes in the morning the next day. So what kind of work ethic is that? He worked through the night, did everything he needed to do to get the tasks okay. where he is. Now, this is why he's the same. That's, that's what you want to be like. No, no, no. But this, okay. this, this is what I've seen that if you're obsessed with what you're doing and you really want to advance, mm-hmm. and this is how he became who he is, a person that I respect, yeah. is because yeah. he put in that level of time. Yeah. This is why he's the CEO of Botswana Oil right now, mm-hmm. right? Like I said, he's only a few years older than me. He's yeah. not, but he's, he just goes from strength to strength to strength because he knows exactly what he's doing. Right. Okay. Interesting. Because I think when I tell you about my experience of a good leader, it's going to be very different to that. Of course, because your guy is the guy that will sit Let next to you and give it. you a hug. Let and me tell a- you about it. <laughs> so, so this guy was a guy who, I guess, two, two things he did that was significant. Mm. The first thing he did that was important for me mm was he had the ability to reach out to me in times that I could not reach out to anyone. Mm. So I was at work in a situation where his boss Mm. wanted me gone. Yep. Why? No apparent reason. Just did not like me, wanted me gone. And so this boss would come to me and he'll say... It's a fire without smoke, Nothing, nothing. I'm (laughs) telling you, nothing. (laughs) So my boss would constantly go to him, but why? Why don't you like him? Why do you want me... Why do you want him gone? And he would just say, I just, I just want him gone. Is it because he's Abs- black? Absolutely <laughs> nothing. He was himself, ethnically. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> of different origins. But yeah, anyway, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah. into that. But this guy, and I had my own personal things going on. So at work, I've got a guy that's saying, I don't want you. In a home context, I was going through all this kind of depression and this personal stuff that was affecting my ability to even do a lot of stuff that I should be doing at work. Was it to do with your lack of backside? No. Oh, okay. No, no. no, no. no. It's probably because I developed a backside <laughs> that, that got me into some trouble. <laughs> but anyway. So, Post-cheesecake, Amy. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That was, thank God it wasn't uh, cheesecake, Amy. <laughs> so my boss pulls me into a room one day, and I'll never forget this, and he kept asking me, so what, what's going on? Mm. Because basically what he was saying is we need to work together. I, I love that. Mm. We need to work together to make sure that this guy has absolutely nothing.
nothing he can point at mm. for reason of getting to, to get rid of you. I did that too with my boss, by the way. Yeah, and mm. so we we you know we'd sit down and we'd go, is this? Here's all the tasks that we need to do. Have you done that? Yep. Have you done that? Have you done that? Have you done that? Yep. Um, have you done this? No, not not really. And at one point he stopped me and he said, "You're going through a really hard time, aren't you?" And that was it. It was this guy's ability because I'm looking at it going, if I tell this guy that I'm struggling, mm. that gives him ammunition. He already said he wants to get rid of me. Yeah. So far, I'm performing my tasks. Mm-hmm. But when I get to a point where I'm struggling, the last thing I'm going to do is go to this guy and say I'm struggling because the other guy will go, see, Toji is not fit for the role. Get rid of him. So, yeah. but, it, but it was that manager's ability to say, there's some stuff going on and I can see it's really for you and oh my god I was just like this guy sees me one important I'll tell you what the most important thing this guy did was uh-huh. this guy oh my god this guy this guy went into bat for me yeah he, he stood in front of his boss and me and said no 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 there is nothing that this guy has done worthy of getting rid of him for. Yeah, fair and, enough. And so he, and guess what happened in the end? Mm. He ended up getting fired. Oh, well, that's great. He, <laughs> it's not great that he lost no, no, his my job. Boss, yeah. My boss got oh, wow. fired and he'd been standing in the gap for me. He was a martyr. He basically took a bullet for me. Yeah, but is, is that the mark of a good, uh, a good boss, though? I believe all leadership, all leadership is about willing to die for the people that you're leading. It's about being able to stand. As long as those people are doing exactly what they should be doing. Don't care. Nah. The, don't <laughs> care. An organization don't care. is not that kind. Right? But people, just, otherwise, nobody would get fired except managers. Correct. And I think... As a leader, <laughs> as a leader, I, I 100% believe that that's what you sign up for. You sign up, you know, as a shepherd for the sheep and you're going to die before any of your sheep dies when the wolf comes looking for the sheep. Absolutely not. That's you're looking. You're looking for that Jesus Christ. Exactly. Now, now, <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. That, that is, but that's not going to happen though. But because we my, are men, but right? my definition of true leadership, we are is, men, men, is exactly and that. women. Jesus, bang on, because it's theological again for me. I'll keep going back to my theological. Of grounding. course, but that is that is a perfect that is, that, that is a perfect world, right? It's like yeah. let me tell you something. This is exactly like mm. raising your kids and yeah. maybe not arming them with self defense or anything like that. And saying, well, nobody should should hit you anyway, so you don't have to learn this stuff. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> saying mm. if someone wants to hit your child as a leader, you mm. stand in front of that child and you take the hitting for him. No, your but child. as a leader, you teach these guys how to how to defend themselves. So no, if you're what, not that's there, what, that's what you they do. could no, but that's <laughs> that's exactly what you should do. No, that's what you do. But is there room in your mind for Different styles of leadership, task-oriented versus No, 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 but it's situational, right? So it's situational. So in the event now that your boss got fired and you weren't armed with self-defense mechanisms or the things that you need to do for you to get out of the system that you or the 
depression and all that to become productive or to manage the relationship better with his boss, you are next to go. But I didn't. Exactly, right? But I'm saying... No, no, I didn't go. And I'll tell you why I didn't go. Because he went instead. Okay, so... He went instead, but then what did that do for your relationship with your with your boss? Did it get better with his boss? He didn't last very long after that. So he went as well. Karma, man, karma. Like I said, I was. <laughs> I, I was you might guy. be a little bit toxic. I was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was a good worker. I was, I was a good guy relationally, especially, mm. and I thrived on the relationality that I was able to build in that role. And if people ask me about my role, it was less about the tasks and my achieving from that perspective and more about the relationships that I was able to build. Yeah, maybe that, maybe that became the problem. Maybe you weren't as productive as you were meant to be and you were focusing no, on something one, that else. that was not the problem. Okay, so... That then, was not the problem. This guy just did not like me. Where was he from? India. Oh yeah, I get that though. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't, I don't yeah, know if look, that means anything, but why do you ask where he was from? Um, because I guess there's there's different management styles and different mm. corporate cultures yeah. uh, that people are used to. So if he was born here and he was raised here, then it's a different story because uh-huh. he understands the corporate culture from here. If he came in from India and coming here, he's come from an executive fear perspective mm. and maybe watching you and a operate in a in a relational environment, you're talking all the time, you make it oh, he was, yeah. he's like this fuck? guy's not even doing his job. Exactly. Why the hell would he be doing this? And that's the that's the problem. So, so it's it's a cultural awareness thing. Perception. So yeah, yeah, you're right. A lot of perception about guy's chatting to people laughing and mm. he's supposed to do all these things he's supposed to be doing this yeah. but That's when you look when you look at those things i was supposed to be doing mm. tick 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 i was doing those things yeah but there was a perception yes around my mannerisms my relationality all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. which didn't fit in with his value structure his idea. or his corporate corporate culture that he's used to mm. right which is why my boss mm-hmm. the great boss that he was mm. was able to go but his Doing all the things you've asked him to do. Yeah, so but we what's have the con- problem. We have context now, right? So yeah. I had the same thing with my boss, mm-hmm. where because we were we were in procurement, yeah. we rubbed everybody in the, the business way. the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Everybody outside the business loved us, but inside the business, the people that had the purse strings before, it rubbed them the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So it was very difficult. So yeah, me you're and him, my purchasing ability. Yeah. So me and him had to band together but i also had a responsibility for the task that i have to do because now the spotlight's on us so i've got to do everything to the highest degree so they've got nowhere to go he has to do the same thing so that we can make this work yeah right and we worked together on that it was very helpful that he was very knowledgeable very accommodating and wanted us to win right so from that aspect but why I feel like he was the, the best boss I've had was a lot of times bosses just want to take credit for the stuff you're doing mm-hmm. and not, not put in as much work or not give you as much direction. Yep. But I got, for the first time, I met somebody that <laughs> knew a lot more than I did. But and still he allowed you to at, get the credit. Yeah, for he still did. allowed me to get the credit, but he also gave me enough mm. trust to yep. do the stuff before I came back to him. 
And I, when I went back to him, there was no judgment. He just helped me. Yeah. And that was it. So in terms of your leadership style now, mm. you know, so let's, let's shift from uh, our perception of leaders that we've experienced to now thinking mm-hmm. of ourselves as leaders. So as a dad, as a manager of people, yeah. what kind of approach do you take? I take the same approach. So and how, how, would you, how would you think if I spoke to your kids and asked them about your leadership style mm. or, or people that you've worked you see, with? We, if we, I asked we, them, yeah. what's Daniel like as a boss? What do you think they'll say? Well, it depends on how far back you go because there was obviously a, a period of learning. So just, just current, at the moment. they'll tell you I'm, I'm very accommodating. The same way I viewed my boss and what he did, this is what I do. So I had to arm myself with all the information about every aspect of what I do in order to help when required. I also only hire people that are passionate about the things I'm hiring them for so that from a work task perspective, I don't have to micromanage them or manage them. They're passionate about the thing anyway and I afford the luxury of of communication and also time-wise as long as they deliver what they're meant to be delivering. Because like I say, you get paid for value. So as long as from that side, I'm getting what I need, you can get what you need. What if you're not? Huh? What if you're not getting what you need? Then we work towards getting you to the point where you can start delivering. So you assume there's something about them that's lacking that we need to get them to the level no it's given them the 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 environment that they need so if so it if it means the adjustment is me and how i do things then that's what i do give me an example of that hmm? give me an example let's just where, where let's put it in the context of you having or an employee having issues at home mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. whatever it is yep okay so we have that conversation. Yeah. If it's financial, we figure out whether we can give you an advance, whether that will help you or it'll, it'll put you in further whatever it is. Mm. Okay. Yeah. If if not, if it's relational, yeah. we talk about those things. We organize you a counselor or whatever it is that you need. Now, if it's my leadership style mm-hmm. and you need me to be more involved in what you're doing and you need me to help you set the timelines or whatever it is, mm. then I will do that. Let me you know? let me give you a scenario. Hit it, me with. It might be better if we land this in an actual scenario. So mm. you've got someone working for you, mm-hmm. um, a young lady. She's a single mom. Mm. Uh, she's got a whole bunch of tasks. Yeah. That need to be met. Mm-hmm. Uh, you realize that she's not meeting those tasks. Mm-hmm. You sit down with her. You have a conversation about how can we help you. Mm. She says, "Well, you know." I'm trying my best. I'll try and improve. Over time, situation doesn't change. Um, you put in a performance plan or a management plan or whatever kind of plan to kind of help her achieve those tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't change much. I mean, it changes a little bit, but then it's back to, to the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, a year, two years down the down the track, you've done the performance management, you've had the conversations, there's no change in far, as far as the outcome, mm-hmm. the tasks are concerned. Yeah. How do you manage that? How do you go about that? It's a 
what do you do to the poor single woman with three kids? What what can you do? I mean, look, I I can't marry her first of all, you know, and that's that's the, that's the one thing. So I can't help at home. Right. But the I don't this think is you this is helpful. <laughs> <laughs> probably the extra stress. <laughs> I think so. But look, at the end of the day, what I'm saying is, yeah. There is a level of responsibility that she has to actively communicate to me. If we've gone through all of those you've things, you've gone through that. You've talked about it, and she's it. told. If she pinpoints exactly what is the problem, then we can come up with a plan she to doesn't fix know. it. She doesn't know what the problem is. If she doesn't know what the problem is, then we have to figure out a way for her. It's very difficult for me to 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 get the help that she requires or to be the person she needs for me for for her to get the the help she needs so we might have to think about seeing a doctor mm-hmm. or seeing somebody that's a professional but come, on, come and see Gomez brown exactly and here's what i'll tell you as a professional huh. i'll tell you one of two things hit me with it one perhaps the performance plan that she's on is creating anxiety in her so mm. I've, got, I've got targets I'm not meeting them mm-hmm. I've met with my boss And I'm still not meeting those things And each time I don't meet them I'm aware subconsciously or consciously mm. That this is, is affecting my Potentially my career I've yeah. got kids to look after Now I'm freaking, I'm freaking the fuck out But my, my work environment I know what you're saying But my work environment is not stressful It's not about the work environment Mm. It's about all these factors that are happening. So mm-hmm. I could be having an issue with my daughter or mm-hmm. my child, and that's you know that's taking up my time at home. Mm-hmm. And so I'm maybe not hundred uh, percent attuned to my tasks when I'm at work because I've still got to think about that stuff mm. that's happening. Because guess what? But I, when I, is I, it I okay just, to fire somebody? That's what I was asking you. Is it? Okay? <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. Right. At the end of the day. There is your workplace is not that you know your boss is not your counselor your Mm. boss is not your physician your boss is not there's a level of responsibility that you have to have it's the same as being in a relationship with somebody if that person has a lot of issues Mm -hmm. that you didn't know about when you met there is no and you've tried everything you can during your relationship. There is a point when you can part ways they, and it'd be so okay. They, so they may not have necessarily had those issues when you met, but these issues come up. So, for example, you may have employed her. She was a young single lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, years into the job, she gets married. She meets a guy. She has no, kids. But, okay, and there's then a, they divorce. There's now a, she's a single mom. Okay, so there's a level of a track record we can, we can work from. 100%. Then, then at that point, she, she has earned yes. the... Yes, the she's leeway. Been with you long enough yeah, yeah, yeah. She's nights. earned the leeway mm. for us to do everything we can in for our power to, <laughs> to help <laughs> you. But then, uh, but once we've exhausted all options, mm. ultimately, then if I need to get the tasks done mm. and you're not doing them, I have mm. to hire somebody else, or I have to do those tasks for you. Sure. So, but what do you the, do with her? The cost. Is what we have to look at in the end after we've exhausted all options. Okay, there's a difference between yeah. what we have to do and what you would do. So this is what you would do. 
Because I'm talking, very, I'm I talking, different approach. I'm talking as an organization that needs to meet objectives and to be profitable. Your organization, any organization. Let's talk about you. Yeah, your What would yes. you do with this woman? Sacked. Okay. Fired. And listen, I, I, no, I no, 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 I'm not. Look, I, I, that's not the, the, I hate firing people. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, not something it's not that pleasant. I look forward to. Yeah. Right. But in the end, I have to look at my organization is a small organization. We, and a, a few of us do a lot. So, and we're supposed to be able to do a lot. So if the workload needs to be reduced or whatever it is, we reduce the, 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 the amount of money that, you, <laughs> that you're earning and you can be less stressed, do a little bit for a time being. We can get somebody else to come in and help with your workload. And when everything comes back to normal, we bring you back. But if, if things are at fever pitch, just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. There's moments when you need to take some time off and go and handle what you need to handle. And So how do you facilitate that as a leader? Hmm. Do you give them paid leave? Well, it depends on the contract they're on, you know. They at ultimate Does it? Yeah. Okay. If you're So so if I'm on a, tell me tell me more about that. What do you mean? Well, there's levels, right? There's there's casual part time. <laughs> there's casual part time and full time. So if, right? I'm, if I'm casual, what, what does that mean? You don't you don't really get much in terms of. So as a leader, that you'd be looking at the contract in that context in that situation. Well, how about you tell me what I should be doing? I don't know. No, but you're the counselor, right? So for no, no, me, no, no. Those, not, those, 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 yeah, yeah, I'm but think, those, I'm thinking as a leader, those situations I'm... don't happen very often, but, and, and oh, you, they do. and you, no, not for me anyway, but, uh-huh, okay. because we're talking about me here. Right. Okay. You know, this so is, you haven't, this is not that. what I signed up for. Yeah. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I found myself defending my position somehow. Good, good, but, good, good. <laughs> you're going to do that to me, so I'm yeah. just getting in there quickly. So, so, Ultimately, look, all I can do is what I'm capable and armed to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm not coming in here saying I am perfect and I'm the perfect leader, yeah. but I can exhaust every option that there would be at my disposal in order to fix the situation or to assist the individual to get back to the level they want to be. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it might just be time for a change of career or change of environment. We facilitate everything, you know. So here's, here's a perspective, and I want to hear your view on it, right? As long as I'm not defending my position. No, <laughs> no, 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 I'll probably be defending my position. Sure, fair enough. Um, so two things. One is I kind of feel like the employing process needs to be about, and this is just for me, right, mm. needs to be about people understanding the culture of the environment that they bring someone in and understanding whether that's going to be a good fit. But also from a task-oriented perspective, is this person going to be able to fulfill the role that I need? I think that's what they basically do now. There's in, in an interview process... I think the whole interview process is warped. Yeah, it is. But let, let me finish. But let me finish. Yeah, let me okay. Finish. So I think... So part of the interview process for me needs to be about 
am I willing to commit to an agreed kind of relationship with you? And part of that might look like I'm employing you permanently on the understanding that together we will work towards achieving certain goals and mm. towards being certain people for each other. So if we go back to our working definition of good leadership, it's about bringing out the best in the other. Okay. So now, there has to obviously be a platform for all of that to, to springboard from. Sure, now, but I, th I think as a leader, that's, that's your role is to create that. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the platform, there's, on, there's two parts though. Okay, hang on. Okay. So this, the second part for me is about if I have someone that's now in the organization that I'm working with, or now we've got this working relationship, whatever that looks like, mm. I think it comes down to now whether your leadership style is about contractual relationship versus a commitment relationship. It's not, you see, when you get to that part as well, for, I'll, I'll yeah. start with your first part. Yeah. Now, from that part, what I think... You, for, before you go on, what are you hearing me saying? Hmm? What are you hearing me saying? I hear you signing a contract, putting that contract aside and saying, we're in this together. Right, I hear you. Mm -hmm. I heard your first part. I hear your second part. Uh -huh. right. and so, what's my second part? Your second part is this contractual stuff. No. So the second part is now that we're in this commitment, mm. and I'm committed to your well-being. Who's committed to the tasks? I'm, I'm a leader committed to your well-being, mm -hmm. and your well-being comes before tasks. So, sure, you've got a role to play in terms of tasks, but that's not paramountly that's not what i'm concerned about paramount objective for me is to ensure that your well-being is at the forefront the tasks sure if now if you're a task-oriented person and i know that about you all businesses are task-oriented businesses no 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 not true not true what but what what business do you know that doesn't, doesn't counseling counseling is not task-oriented but for example what, what I'm suggesting is I, even, I if, even, even if it is task-oriented, mm -hmm. right, I'm saying the focus for me, mm -hmm. as a, for me as a leader is not about the tasks. Okay, so, let, so let's put it this way. secondary let's to, put it this to way. your well-being. Let's put it this way. Yeah. As a leader, mm -hmm. we're signing two contracts. You're signing a contract saying you'll do the tasks that I give you and I'm signing the contracts for your well-being. I'm not even saying contract. I'm saying no, yeah, but I'm, I'm just I'm in my mind, right? Okay, yep, so yep, in right. my mind, I'm saying I'll look contract. after your well-being. You look after my bottom line. Okay. Because my business needs to still make money. So if I have ten people like like you're saying mm. that I've hired and everything's gone wrong and nobody can work and I go bankrupt and I got to shut down my business. But, it, but I'm trying everything that I can, then that doesn't make sense for any business. It makes sense for me. As an employee. As a leader. As an employer. No. Hey, I'm saying for me. Oh, for you? For you me, you'd yeah. much rather shut your business yes. than... than if, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you're not a businessman then. 100%, 100%, you need to work somewhere. 100% business. Yeah, yeah. 
don't. 100% businessman. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> there is no way. My degrees, my degrees will tell you otherwise. But that's not the main thing. But the thing. degree doesn't mean you're a business person. It, it tells you I understand there's, business. There's, there's a lot of people business, that but have, have a, businesses have that a, don't have degrees. But I have a different perspective to leadership mm. in business, which is self-sacrificial rather than self-preservation and about the bottom line. No, no, the company is in self-preservation mode. I'm not talking about the company. I'm talking the, about you as a leader. The, the human resource and the human capital, mm. well-being Ooh, is important. Human capital? Yeah. Oh, well-being is... <laughs> is Those two just... It's, top it, of the line. That sounds like witch doctor. It's kind of like... <laughs> 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 Those two words should never go together. They go together. <sighs> It's just what it is. I mean, I, I, I understand and I'm with I you because friend, it's yeah. an idealistic world that we're, we're supposed yes. to live in where everybody is lovey-dovey and there's no issues. But that's not the world we live in. In but the world we live in... We're the number one migrant podcast in Australia. So yes. surely we have some influence in creating that kind of world, even if just for your business. Or for yes, yes, business. yes, yes, yes. I do everything I can in my business. Now, I believe in the power of one. Right, okay. Nelson Mandela was one person. The, the movie. You know, Gandhi was one person. Hitler was one person. You can change the world and the narrative as an individual. I I believe that, but in the world we currently live in, what I'm saying is what's happening. Right, we can go there, but right now, if somebody needs to navigate a workplace right now, having the expectation that all of this will happen is not reality. What does vulnerability look like in leadership? I don't know. You tell me. The, the V spot. The, yeah. The big V word. I don't know. I don't, I don't think vulnerability... For me, I think a level of openness and empathy and all of those things are important. And, and knowing your stuff and letting people express themselves in whatever way, but still have a focus on meeting corporate objectives, that's what makes a workplace great. Because not You're everybody... talking about a people, I'm talking about leadership. So as a leader... Yes, but it trickles down. Now, if that's the, core, the, the company ethos, then now the leaders in that environment have a responsibility to action or to provide that Is environment... That I, I, yeah. thought I thought we'd get through this without... No, 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 no. <laughs> management has brought, responsibilities attached to it. it. Yeah, oh, management man. has responsibilities attached to it. Employees have responsibility and managers have responsibilities. Otherwise, nobody would, would be um, performance managed. Okay, so we need to wrap it up. Mm. Let's summarize. So from my perspective, here's what I'm saying. I think a good leader is someone whose primary focus is getting the best out of whoever they're working with, whoever they're leading. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the vulnerability for me in that context means you're willing to sacrifice even your own reputation, your own, you know, the feedback that comes to you mm. because of benefit of the other person and i think sometimes of course in extreme circumstances like with my boss that i just spoke about mm -hmm. the self-sacrifice mm -hmm. over the self-preservation where you're even willing to go 
even if it means me taking it for the team, okay. I'm, now, hap- I'm happy to put myself in that context. We're at the end of the podcast, though. Yeah. But can I ask you, Please. how many times have you been in a leadership role? So many. I can't even think. Very many. Mm. With large number of staff. What's large? Over three. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now. In those moments, mm-hmm. did you do what you were saying you would like, or what, or, or yes. is it something you wanted to aspire to? So, it, in those in those situations, I hundred percent stood in front of my team, representing the team mm-hmm. to my boss. Okay, and, now, and at any point, I would have been happy. Well, not happy <laughs> because <it's, laughs> I don't think sacrifice is ever a pleasant thing, but I would have gladly. Have you have you coached children's sport? No. Okay. Now, I think a precursor for every manager needs to at some point coach children. Why? Because I'm a dad. Does that count? No. (laughs) (laughs) I've coached sleepovers. Because that's you've got. If it's just imagine you've got you're coaching a soccer team. You've got about thirteen, fourteen kids that might be puberty or might be different levels and you have to coordinate these guys to work as a team to meet an objective and you've got to manage them constantly it's constant battle and it's an individual basis you've got to get the best out of each kid Mm -hmm. because you have oversight Mm -hmm. parents are there all of this stuff, and you have to manage all the emotions that you have. Landed, yes. landed. What are you saying about that? What I'm saying is that there is a level. You spoke about vulnerability mm. from a from a leadership perspective, and you are most vulnerable when you are dealing with children or coaching children's sport, because you it you're not dealing with adults that have rational thoughts. And can articulate their thoughts very well. You're dealing with kids. But the outcome, what's the outcome in a child's sport? What do you mean? What are you trying to achieve as a team? Oh, they want to win. What are you trying to achieve as a leader? I'm trying to get them, I'm trying to get the best out of them so they can Ah. experience what winning is. So it's about winning for you? They have commitment. No, they want to win. No, but what do you want? Because you're saying... You as a leader mm. have oversight. That's what you said. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I guess so. So it's meeting said, objectives. When you said, co- "What is the objective for a team sport?" Working together. Huh. Does it matter whether you win or not? It matters to them. Yeah, but what about you? Because you're. Saying <laughs> what do you, you mean? You saying my job leader, is leader, to get the best out of them so they uh-huh. can achieve what they want to achieve, right? So I teach them everything they need to know for them to get that particular experience that they want. You've seen teams win and they're crying and they're hosting trophies and they're doing that. If that's what they want to do, they've got to sign up to the things that they need to do in order to get that. And my job is to facilitate that, to teach them how to get that. That's what I sign up for. I would argue that as a coach, your role is to bring the best out of each individual. 
watch Coach Carter. One of one of the greatest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen, but you know, I know what you're saying. But I'm I'm talking yeah. collectively as a group, uh-huh. right? Individually, you have to manage each one. That's the Absolutely. only way you get the best the out of out of the yeah. yeah. That's that's the only way you best get the best out of each individual. Yeah. And then you've got to teach them that your best still has to be part of the team. And then if you do that, you're going to get to the point where you hoist a trophy and you win. If you don't do that and one individual's uh, issues become more important than everybody else's and we focus only on him, there won't be any cohesion in the team. So we have to collectively get to this point. So, I'm just going to say one last thing mm. about the coaching. I think for me, mm. as as a leader, mm-hmm. my leadership style in that coaching environment would be very simple. Mm. Nothing to do with winning, nothing to do with hosting a trophy. Mm. It would be about, as a team, let's make sure that everyone is meeting their best. Everyone is achieving whatever the best is for them. And as a team, we'll make sure that no one is left behind because we're only as strong as our weakest player. And so winning in that context means... We look at the least capable or the one who's left behind and we make sure that we bring them along. And as long as we can do that... It depends on what sport that is. As long as we can do that... It depends on what sport. For me, it doesn't. No, it does. As long as we can do that... That context you're putting is based on a soccer team. No, no, I'm just thinking... In a basketball team? Yeah. Basketball... (laughs) One person can run things in a basketball team. And and everybody else is a filler. If one person is doing that mm. and the others are kind of behind, I don't know how that can ever be a win that's ev- from a team perspective. That's every NBA team. Yeah, I have a problem with that. We all do, but that's reality, right? That's, <laughs> anyway, we could talk about this stuff for hours. But are we going to do a part two? And we have to do a part two. Okay. And we, we'd like some feedback from everyone. Yeah. We'll be back with our Black Table Talk so we can discuss all of this stuff. Take us but, out. Uh, Yes, that was uh, episode 12 of A Voice of the International Community Experience. Thank you so much for tuning in. That was Daniel and Gome. Just just the two of us. We'll see you guys on the flip side. We can make it when we try. Just the two of us. Peace.